was 2010 when the MCU and Tony Stark was first introduced to Natalie Rushman, or rather, Russian super spy Natasha Romanoff. Serving as one of Marvel's first female heroes across seven currently released movies, Black Widow certainly has given her due, opening herself up to not only her fellow Avengers, but also to us, the audience. And because of that, whether you like or agree with it or not, Nat has carved her own path in the MCU's legacy, all the way up to her sacrifice on the cliffs of Vormir. Today on AP Marvel, we seek to ask three questions. What is Nat's legacy? Did she get a proper send-off? And does she deserve it? Plus, half the heels of Marvel Studios return to haul each a mere 24 hours-ish later. We'll recap some of the biggest news pieces from the event. Joining me is Sabrina. Hey, everyone. Erin. Hi. And Layla. What's up, y'all? Hey. So we're going to um, just recap, like, the because, like, the panel was literally 24 hours ago, um, I, per our date recording. So we are just going to recap, like, the biggest news from, like, Marvel's, Marvel's Studios Holly H panel for, like, 15 minutes. And then we'll transition from the news on Black Widow's upcoming solo movie into, like, just her throughout the MCU. Okay, so, like, I think I'm going to run through this slate first um, with, like, some key, sort of mentioning some key details here and there. And then we'll, like, spend the rest of the time, like, just talking about it, if that's okay with y'all. Sounds good. Yep, sounds good to me. So, um, first we have the Eternals with Angelina Jolie, um, Salma Hayek, who they really got, oh, with both those two, um, and Richard Madden, who is a great man. <laughs> um, the first deaf actress in the MCU, deaf character, played by, played by Lauren Ridloff, and that'll come out November 6, 2020. Um, next, they announced the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which will come out in fall 2020, and it was announced that Baron Zima would also return in the series. Next is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings comes out February 12, 2021 around like Chinese New Year which is a really smart idea now that you think about it. It'll have Tony Leung as the real Mandarin, Aquafina, which I did not expect, and they announced who's playing Shang-Chi who's, um, his name is Simu Liu and yeah, they'll come out February, February 12, 2021 Next, they announced WandaVision, which comes out on Disney Plus in spring 2021. Elizabeth Olsen was there, Paul Bettany was there, and they announced the casting of an adult Monica Rambeau, played by Tayana Paris. Um, next, they announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is Doctor Strange 2. It'll come out on May 7th, 2021, and they announced that um, Nightmare will be the villain. Um, Scott Derrickson said this will be the MCU's first horror movie, which I have some doubts about to be honest but we'll see what happens they did mention that wandavision and doctor strange should be very tightly connected um with scarlet vision also appearing in the multiverse of madness next they announced the loki disney plus series which comes out on spring 2021 the logo has divided reactions from the internet <laughs> but we're going to ignore that <laughs> it um ties in and it, i think it's set after Endgame, but it features a Loki uh, from 2012 who has escaped with a Tesseract, so that'll be interesting. Next, they talked about the animated What If Disney Plus series, which comes out on Disney Plus in summer 2021. <coughs> it'll be animated. Uh, it'll feature the voice talents of a bunch of different MCU actors, um, and it'll announce and they announced the Watcher, played by, as Layla calls it, a legend, Jeffrey Wright. 
Um, next is the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, which they announced would be coming out in fall 2021. Jeremy Renner would be returning, um, as expected. They also announced that they were going to integrate Kate Bishop into this series. So that's super exciting. Um, and there were, like, there was no casting mention Kate Bishop, but that'll probably come out, like, within a few months. Um, they next announced Thor Love and Thunder, which is Thor 4, or however you want to call it. Um, Thor Love and Thunder will come out on November 5th, 2021. Um, Valkyrie announced, essentially, that she's, uh, as, uh, yeah, Valkyrie announced that, you know, as she's the new king of Asgard, she needs to find her queen, so basically confirming that Valkyrie was by. Um, Taika Waititi also announced that Natalie Portman would be returning to the Thor franchise, sort of adapting the Jason Aaron, Aaron can correct me later, um, Mighty Thor, Marty Thor arc, um, and integrating Jane Foster as the new female Thor, eventually, which I have thoughts about. Um, Kevin Feige also teased a few several things, um, Fantastic Four, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, some mutants that he really couldn't disclose at SCCC um, at the time. He also teased Blade with Mahershala Ali, um, which will be in Phase 5 of the MCU. Um, and right before he teased those, um, he closed the panel off, kind of like he closed the panel off with uh, more Black Widow news. Um, he announced he like fleshed out the cast, which includes David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, um, Florence Pugh. David Harbour will be playing um, the Red Guardian. Um, and additionally, Taskmaster will be the villain of fil the film. They showed some footage, and it's been described online as like very Mission Impossible esque and very like sort of sleek um, action sequences with action like almost on par to the Winter Soldier. Um, from what I've heard and yeah I think I covered anything so I'll let like the next if I didn't ramble on too long I'll let like the next like maybe 12 10 12 15 minutes be just like us gushing about this comic-con news and then eventually transitioning into Black Widow so I will let loose Sabrina Aaron and Layla's thoughts what do y'all have to say well I think context would be really helpful for the audience here because we all received this news at the exact same time and like Layla and Izzy were just sending screenshots to the group chat and I was like sweating furiously as the news kept coming in. I was like, oh my God, what are they going to do now? But the first thing I saw on my timeline was Falcon and Winter Soldier, mostly because I think just because the way, I don't know how um, computers work, but just the way my algorithm set up, I think my... My phone knows how much I love Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie, especially when they're together in the same room. So that was like bumped up to the top of my feed. Um, I was sweating. But I also want to say that generally I think that this Phase 4 slate is like the most inclusive thing I've ever seen. And I'm really proud of Marvel for finally getting us to that point. I, I just want to say I have my own personal algorithm and it's calling ignoring anything that isn't or or Asgard related. And, um, I gotta say it was it was a good day, you know, to be a fan of those franchises because, uh, you know, Thor four, which has been a pet theory of mine for a really 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 long time, it finally got announced, which I knew it would be eventually. But you know, it's cool uh, to get confirmed. And then I was a little disappointed that the Loki series was so far away. It seemed to be something they'd release when the service was released or at least soon after the service was released so 2021 seems like a long time but i'll survive i survived the dark world so 
Yeah, that's basically. Oh yeah, and I hate the Loki logo, but I think we're gonna talk about that later. So we all hate the Loki logo. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah I I kind of may have. I feel like a really good. It's just confusing. Wait, what are you saying, Izzy? I saw like a really good like word art meme of like the Loki logo, and I like die. <laughs> Graphic design <laughs> is my passion. I love that. <laughs> Didn't Chris? Wasn't Chris the one who said like I too have used Microsoft Word art? <laughs> 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 so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just still screaming about Hawkeye. Um, I kind of screamed into my pillow. Uh, So pumped. Kate Bishop. I've wanted a Hawkeye TV show since, like, 2012. Um, And they literally use the same font from the Matt Fraction series, which means they're definitely going to be inspired by it. And it's one of the best comic runs in recent years. And I love it. And... I'm so sad it's coming out so far, but my hope has lasted me this long. I can make it another two years. <laughs> and you might still be, I guess, teaching the class at that point. Like, cause you'll, yeah, because you'll still be here at CMU. So, like, you will definitely be teaching about this series if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going on study abroad the next semester. So I'll be here to scream forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can add on to my Thor thoughts and the Loki yeah. series. But I don't want to hug up all the time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, well, okay. First of all, the title, like Love and Th- Thunder, I said it sounds like a ripoff porn parody of Thor, and I still believe that. I really like. I guess it's fine, but like, uh, to me, to yeah, <laughs> to me, it sounds like um they're gonna go the whole Amora, um, the Enchantress route, and then. I know they were talking a lot about a uh, female Thor. So uh, I know previously, um, what's her name? The the woman who plays Valkyrie. Tessa uh, Thompson. She's been talking a lot about Tessa Thompson. Sorry, that that's in my mind for a second. Um, she's been talking a lot about like a female team up movie, and I think it could, if they did do an Enchantress. I know there's like a lot of talk. You know, they could do it there. So I think there's a possibility that those two are connected, and then. Um, you know, I think it'd be really cool to have, I mean, he said the whole, like, the Mighty Thor that influenced it, and I guess there's some cool stuff. I mean, I'm sort of hoping, you know, Jason Aaron, like, he's been really strong on the Thor stuff, so, for, for the last, like, four or five years. I mean, he just got off it, so, um, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so that's all exciting. And then, uh, yeah, the Loki the Loki logo is horrible. We were talking about the possibility there's, like, four Lokis. <laughs> Which, you know, because it looks like each of the letters in Loki's name are from a different era. So there's, like, the Dark Worlds for the L, and then, like, maybe the first Thor for the O, and then Avengers for the K, and the I is some what-the-fuck shit. I don't know what to think of that, but... It's the no. I actually think that the I is for the Avengers because the I more closely matches Loki's green costume in the Avengers and Hela's green in Thor Ragnarok, and I think the K. Yeah, but if you think about like the Avengers logo, I mean. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought there were letters pulled from each logo of Loki's appearances, 
but I don't know if I necessarily. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Because yeah. no I thought lie, that the K was. It yeah. is a stretch. Yeah. yeah. I think there are more. I feel like there's supposed to be like the four different aspects of Loki. Like the first one kind of gave me like frost giant oh. vibes because of like the coldness. Oh and then the okay. second one's like the Asgardian yeah. part, and the other two are other parts. Like I thought it was a more like that who he is in four scenes or four letters mm-hmm. with the but what are the last two then i mean i don't know that k is so confusing um i don't know the green one is like royal the like the gem is like royalty so like him as king and the metal one is him as a space pirate i don't know Okay. That's my You're pitch. Reaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're okay. There has to be a reason, though, right? This yeah. logo can't have. They can't have looked at this logo and been like, "This is exactly what we want for a coherent TV series." I mean, there's got to be some reason they decided to go with shit. I mean, I mean like, I'm just saying that's true. But they've also let all those Spider-Man posters slide. So, like, I have some but doubts. Sony, like, was 20%. Doing, Sony was doing the advertising. Yeah, that is that's on Sony the posters. Yeah, but still, I don't like. I guess Marvel still has to like okay it, right? Like, I doubt like twenty percent of Marvel's marketing department. Like, no, most Marvel just mainly gets toy stuff from the Spider-Man movie and like creative input. Yeah, you know what? I bet they just put an intern on it and they let the intern do whatever the fuck he wanted, and then they showed up at San Diego Comic Con with it. Well, for like the Spider-Man ones, they eventually just hired the guy that does Marvel fan art to make the posters. They just straight up hired Boss Logic to do the posters because they were so bad yeah. to fix them. Yeah, they should have. Like that's what they did. They're like, yeah. oh, we make really good fan art, and we we can't get somebody who knows graphic design. Can you please tell? Yeah. Oh yeah, and then Marvel. Marvel probably that just is kind of true, though. Like, I know that's an issue on the comic side. Hey, so. no one pays the artists me. enough. Artists are underpaid. Yeah. I... Oh yeah. Any of y'all right. psyched for Blade? Uh, yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm pretty friggin' stoked about Blade, and especially because Mahershala is coming back to the screen. Um, I saw this tweet today that was really funny because people were saying like. Oh, but he was already in the MCU as like as Cottonmouth and Luke Cage, and then there was a GIF of like Will Smith holding the light from um, I was about to say Boys to Men from uh, <laughs> Men in Black, and it was so funny because it was like Can we just say this is like the nail in the coffin for the Netflix TV series being yeah. like officially canon. I mean, I really, I've never really thought of them. They, they never put any effort forward in showing that they were part of yeah. the MCU. Yeah. And to me, it just, it makes sense. Like, this is, you know, they just, they kind of gave up on that, which makes me sad. Yeah, but. it is kind of sad also because, like, they were good. They were yeah, really they were strong good. shows. Except for... We uh, don't talk about that. We don't talk about that <laughs> one. Danny Rand. Wait, there was an Iron Danny Fist show? <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? It, they did that? Yeah. They, yeah, I don't they use that. the algorithm. I swear to God, Netflix uses the algorithm to bury the Iron Fist show because it never shows up on the home screen. I think that's, yeah, I yeah. think that's exactly what they do. Because I'm still getting advertisements. I'm still getting um, Daredevil. That's still popping up for me. Yeah. I mean, like, Jessica Jones just came out, so. Yeah. But, like, I've seen, like, a lot like of people on my timeline season. are part of, like, hashtag Rhiannon from Marvel News X. They're part of, like, 
Hashtag stay careful. Yeah. Okay. I have just, I would like to say that in terms of the teases that um, our good, our good boy Kev couldn't really expand upon, I am pretty excited about the fourth Fantastic Four. Let me just put this out there. If they did the exact same cast as before, okay, so that was Jamie Bell as The Thing. You had Miles Teller as Reed. You had Kate Mara as Susan. You had Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm. Literally every single one of them, except maybe replace, like, maybe replace uh, Michael B. Jordan because he's already been Killmonger, right? Every single one of them, just put them back, okay? Because they're amazing actors, they have all of the chops, and they deserve the chance to actually take these characters to where we want to see them. Do I think that Fantastic Four should be played by some new upcoming actors? Absolutely. But if you're afraid to take a risk, Marvel, Kevin, I'm looking at you, buddy, just go with what we know and what could have been good had it been done good. I have a specific thought about Black Widow. Okay, so they basically, it seems like this movie's going to be like really about her as a person, which is wild, but I'm still being wild about the fact that they cast David Harbour as Alexi something. Um, who's a Red Guardian. He's also, in the comics, uh, Nat's husband, or ex-husband. They get divorced. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be, like, a romantic thing, but, like, Scarlett Johansson and David Harbour are, like, weird to think about romantically. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. They might not. Also, in the comics, he's, like, the first Ronin, which is interesting. Um, so we got Ronan's view, Ronan's, um, and then it seems like from the footage, Florence Pugh's, like, playing, like, a friend who's basically, like, a sister, which is cool. So, it's a lot of, like, family stuff, and, like, relationships, which is nice. That'll be interesting. Yeah, because, like, you get to really explore, like, the family that she sort of doesn't want to talk about. Even though, like, we, like, because she does say, like, I used to have nothing to know how this family, like, we prescribe it as, like, you know, the Avengers were, like, the community and family, like, that she really grew up in and leaned on, and now, like, get to hear about her actual family. That would be, like, an interesting sort of, like, I guess, juxtaposition. Actually, Layla, from what you mentioned about, um, I guess, him being the first, like, David Harbour playing, like, the first Ronin, like, if you look at, I think, today, um, there was, um, I think art got leaked of, like, a concept art got leaked of Taskmaster, and he looks a lot like Ronan. Um, so I think that's interesting. I feel like they kind of missed out on like not having Jeremy Renner also in this movie. Then again, like we don't know anything. But aren't they talking about the Budapest stuff in it though? They mentioned that what happened in Budapest will be covered. So I feel like we can only hope that he'll be in it. Like, he has to be, because Budapest is literally, isn't that the mission? Well, I have no idea what the details are, but that is the mission that, I guess, solidified their friendship. So, if he's not in it, I will definitely have to fight. It's just an event that they remember differently. <laughs> he makes a comment in, like, Endgame. Oh, isn't this exactly like Budapest? So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense if he was there. So yeah. he'd know why it's 
like it might be more of a thing like Budapest, like the ending is him coming to get her. So he's mm. not really in the yeah. movie. He just shows up at the end. That makes sense. That could be interesting. And I was like, I'd like to tell you about the shield. Initiative. <laughs> I think I'm still very excited, um, regardless of the butch bullshit that's been happening with Scarlett Johansson right now. Um, and yeah, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. She's is there she's, more recent bullshit? CA has been fucking her career up a little bit. I'm not sure. Let's we'll, we'll let's we'll talk about it later. But I guess it's transition from Budapest um, into how Budapest, I guess, ties into Black Widow's story. Um, so similar ish to the Iron Man episode, we're going to try to talk through her movies a little bit, um, and also like a, also like a bunch of other like sort of significant aspects of her personality. Like they'll probably all all these will probably just like flow at once. Um, like we're, I think we're going to try to have like a more I guess fluid discussion across all the movies i don't want to i don't know how much we want to confine in the movies like these were just like an outline but yeah so her her first appearance as i mentioned was as natalie rushman in um iron man 2 and it's funny like looking back at iron man 2 like you really get to see like how like almost like the I guess the character that she's like constructed to be, because she's initially like brought on like as Tony's new assistant after Pepper Paws like becomes like CEO, um, and she does like, and she's meant to play I guess like more like in the background. But then like yeah, you see her as like Black Widow as like the spy, and you realize like how uh, like everything is connected to something greater, and like it's super. It's interesting to see how she how like the figure and like role she plays in like. I guess shields pieces but like her introduction I guess felt it didn't feel like something as forced as like everything else shieldy felt if that makes any sense <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts I don't really I don't really remember Iron Man 2 all that well so 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 from what I remember of Iron Man 2 I'm pretty sure like her first scene isn't it like she, like, Tony Stark, or someone asks to fight her, and she, like... Yeah, it's very much, like... I believe one of her opening scenes is, like, a gratuitous shot of her boobs, um, if I remember that correctly. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, looking back on that, I'm a little, I'm a little confused on how that came about, but, um... Oh, yeah! That was not yeah, great. I mean, yeah, I rewatched Iron Man 2 recently. Yeah, it's very much like I feel Iron Man 2 is very much just, like white privilege, like the movie. Yeah, like the boudoir shot of her is very much like, yeah, dude, yeah. come on, like really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was. Yeah, it's interesting. Like she's never been like as pitched. Like, like I guess early on, like that wasn't her. Like she very much was like a supporting yeah. character at the start. Um, but I think throughout then, like she's I throughout like. Like, she's gotten better from Iron Man 2, both in how, like, she's portrayed, like, by the filmmakers and, like, just in her character in general. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I would say she gets one of the better introductions as far as, like, the MCU goes, because, like, Hawkeye is just, like, an authority for a second. He's just holding an arrow, and then, um... I mean, how did... I mean, hers was, like, an early comprehensive entrance, which... 
other characters didn't get. So yeah, that was good. But yeah, like she felt like almost like I guess like her I guess like her literal role as a spy. She really like snuck in into the story and like integrate. Yeah, just it was like a I think it felt like a smoother integration. Like the second time I like the when I rewatched it, like mm-hmm. like it did even if you didn't i think it yes like you knew like okay like she's in there because of the adventures like but it still felt like seamless how she was introduced um and so i guess i would commend Favreau for that um and like it did highlight like her talents like very well even though like hey her depiction in 2011 was not that great because it's 2011 <laughs> Yeah. Sabrina, do you have any thoughts? Um, not really. Yeah, let's move on to better movies, such as The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I really liked, I definitely really liked this movie um, and what it did for Black Widow's character. I think that um, mm. she kind yeah. of took a little bit more of a backseat role and was kind of letting everyone else fight each other because it was really like their big egos coming in and learning how to really work with one another but I think this was when I think one of the more honest parts of her relationship with Bruce slash Hulk was one introduced but two like kind of solidified um there's that really so at first we have her like we're first introduced to her character in the Avengers with her like answering the phone call from Coulson and she's like tied to a chair and then she breaks out of the chair and it's really cool and then she goes like later on she goes to pick up Bruce and there's the whole like strike team outside of the house and then and then and then and then like way down the line um when the ship is being attacked um there's that really cool moment where she is running in front of the Hulk and it's like it's really nice to see them paired up in that way but even though she's kind of a foil for him or kind of there to help keep him calm. They still manage to be two separate characters. Although I will say that I don't know if I feel like she had, she herself had an arc in this movie. Yeah. I think like, cause we do in like in our, in our Stuco, like we try to say like how she attempt, like she does like open up, I think to the Avengers um, after like Loki does confront her uh, with like all this red in her ledger um but you also see like it's her like playing like this sort of deceptive game of trying to get like loki to coax out like what he wants and so it like both highlights aspects of her but also like showcases her talents um as like a spy and so you still like kind of i guess i don't know like you still like you do see her past but also like I guess like you, we wonder. I guess how much she is, how much more she's hiding. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that scene yeah. from the Avengers with her and Loki, that's just like pretty. That holds up. I think that's like even knowing the end, like it has some good tension, and it's like you kind of get to. It's the yes. first scene with her where you actually kind of get to understand who she is as a person. I feel like, um, I feel like that was like the only scene that like really like hooked me on her as a character because ever since the beginning like even people who are like really love having female heroes like still no one could say like black widow's my favorite yeah because she wasn't she was kind of like 
an amalgam of all these different stereotypes of like female cool spy. Um, and it wasn't until later that she mm-hmm. could actually be something that wasn't that. Yeah, like definitely sometimes feels like in this, especially at the start of the MCU, she was just there to fill a quota because otherwise you'd have five white dudes fighting another white dude. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you can get a lady. Yeah. Now we have a white lady mm-hmm. fighting a white dude. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> we did it, guys. We saw a white lady. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> and yeah. this white lady of all the ones. We'll get to her later. Like having Black Widow there still like <laughs> on the team still was like I guess I think I like yes, like you can sometimes feel like she is like yes, like I did mention like sometimes it did feel like if sometimes it did feel like she, like she was just there to like fill a quota. But at the same time, like at least like she was there rather than like nothing at the same time. Yeah, like like Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she did feel useful in the movie, at least, which is more you can say than of other characters. Like, she did stuff. She solved conflicts. She picked up Hulk. (laughs) What more could you ask for? (laughs) I guess good-ish writing on Joss Whedon's part. Um, sort of. Questionable. We'll get to that later. (laughs) I still don't think she could- I mean, she had things to do, but- I don't think anyone reasonably came out of the Avengers like, damn, Black Widow, you know, she did she did a shit ton in that movie. You know, this is still the phase, well, like, pretty much all of up until now has been the phase where, like, Tony Stark and, like, Captain America are the only people that get in any of the, like, real focus. So, um, I mean, she she's overshadowed, but she's not, like the least relevant character in the Avengers. No one's like, ah, Black Widow. Like, all the jokes go to Hawkeye, so, I mean, she's got that going for her at this point. In the back, yeah. you can hear Layla sigh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I... Honestly... Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye is... Hawkeye makes Black Widow more useful in that movie because anyone who's like, ah, she wasn't good. She's like, Hawkeye literally did not do anything until the last five minutes. He shoots an arrow and Loki catches it. He figures out something's a door and then he's useless (laughs) for a while. And then he talks about Budapest and is kind of bummed. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I think I'm not sure if we mentioned this yet, but like, like I mean, but besides, like yes, Tony Stark is like this genius little intellect, but like, and doesn't it just has like really his Iron Man suit, but like, really Black Widow and Hawkeye are like the people on the team like without powers, and like I think that is what put them to the side like in the Avengers because you have like a super soldier and like a god and like a green rage monster and like this genius with like a tech suit, but Black Widow and Hawkeye are very much like the on the ground people and like we've talked before about hawkeye being like the sort of quote-unquote like regular guy and black widow in a sense like she doesn't have powers so she could be like that regular girl as well but instead like she's like a super spy so i guess i wanted to hear like more thoughts about i guess her lack of powers in a sense like alongside hawkeye that's just like friends 
That was what, like, I liked about them. Like, they were the only two characters that had a pre-existing relationship, really, aside from, like, her meeting Tony Stark. So, like, I feel like they could have had, like, a much better, like, kind of relationship because they actually knew each other and now they're, like, doing stuff and they got a... Like, that was, like, the whole thing, like, with Budapest and they talk about more in Ultron, I feel like, where it's just, like, trying to give them personality Mm -hmm. through other means because... They don't have, like, a cool power to wield people in, so they gotta be, like, oh, they are, they have, they have a relationship, and that's how, like, they make them different, or they have to give them, like, a backstory, because, like, anyone, like, she's just, like, really good at killing people with her thighs, which I guess is a power, but... I think she, I think she, there, she yeah <laughs> that's the best quote ever I'm so sorry I just she's just really good at killing people with her thighs uh, you, Do you, you mind need to credit me that but okay yes right um but she she has to have like a cool personality in order to make people like her but in such a packed movie like the Avengers like I don't think she she got a bit more than like Hawkeye obviously but not not enough to make people actually really like her. I, I feel like sometimes, like, I was also, like, I, throughout, like, when I'm, I remember, like, being yeah, in, yeah. like, I remember, like, me, like, in 2012, like, this was 14 at the time, like, yeah, I was 14. Like, I remember watching The Avengers, and I still, like, I had, like, like my favorite characters, which were, like, Cap, and, like, I hated Tony Stark at the time, because I thought he was an asshole, or, like, but I did gravitate. was an asshole. Yeah, but I did still gravitate towards like Black Widow because of like, oh, like she's like this cool like woman who can do like all these spy things and like, cause like she was the the woman on the team in some senses. I don't know I think like looking back at the Avengers, especially like, in twenty twelve, like and looking back at, at these older movies is like super interesting because filmmaking was very very different ten years ago. And, like, how people and things are portrayed. And I think Black Widow is definitely a testament to that. And also Scarlett Johansson is a testament to that. Which we'll... We like... We'll just, we'll just keep teasing it until um, until we get to the... Until we get there, I guess. <laughs> but, um... Oof! I think, like, Layla, what you were saying about, like, how no one, like, really... <laughs> Like, she's just, yeah, like, she's just really good at killing people with their thighs, like, and she really didn't, like, she didn't have, like, lightning powers or, like, like, a, yeah, like, she could, could turn to, like, an enormous green rage monster. I think, like, because of, like, that, like, they tried to integrate her more into other movies besides, like, the Avengers, even though they decided not to give her her own solo movie. Um, which is why I think, like, yeah, she eventually did make it into the Winter Soldier and... I think, like, that was one of the places where we got to see more of her character. And, like, it did feature a turning point for her, I guess, and, like, how she eventually put her past out on the internet. Yeah, I can't believe she doxed herself. Um, I absolutely love this movie. If you don't know already, this is my favorite movie in the entire MCU, and I will say it over and over and over again. I absolutely love this movie and I really appreciated her in it because of the fact that she is working like so hard at her job and that's most evident here because she's like finally 
put face to face with, I guess, her own ideologies and the way that she handles her job um, and mm. working with S.H.I.E.L.D. And so the way that that kind of is realized in her character is when she says, I thought I knew whose lies I was telling, but I guess I just traded in the KGB for Hydra. And I think that that is pretty interesting and one of the more like intimate moments that we get with Black Widow because we get to understand how how much she appreciates what she does and how much how she takes how seriously she takes her job but also um the fact that she wants this to be like a cut and dry black and white situation and she has to realize that it's not and like no matter what her training has taught her which we'll hopefully get to see in her standalone movie coming out next year she still has to have some kind of like street smart in the moment sense that allows her to be a little bit more critical of what she's doing and I think that her being next to Cap while she's doing this also helps smooth her edges a little bit and allows her to see that she's she doesn't have to like not trust everybody she has a friend or a road trip buddy in Cap and that's really sweet to see that relationship come together yeah, I think they complimented, like, she and Cap, like, complimented each other really well. Um, and I think they both, like, yeah, they both, like, enriched each other and brought each other up as characters and, like, people, like, within the universe. And I think it developed, like, a great friendship, like, that you see throughout the rest of the MCU. And it's really awesome to, like, see where that started, essentially. She, uh, she, again, I think, as like unfortunate for what comes after but i think this movie did establish her as a little bit more complex than just kind of like spy always switching sides and stuff um where she and she had she had like a little bit more of like a personable uh, side like a non-work side which was nice to see and like thinking back it makes complete sense too that like she would be in Civil War alongside, and, like, play, I guess, like that, I guess, in the comics equivalent is a Spider-Man character, like, sort of really in the middle, like, it makes complete sense for her to be that character. Um, yeah, And, like, yeah, sort right. of be that sort of moral person. Yeah, it showed she had, like, a code of ethics or something, so, you know, that was cool. Uh, which, that, yeah, which comes into play pretty heavily in uh, Civil War, so... Like, she really, like, acts out, like, she does act in, like, her own, I guess, like, trend, I guess, like, sort of talking more about Civil War, like, you definitely see her as, like, yeah, she's a character, yes, like, she has built these bonds and everything with Cap and, like, the rest of the adventures, but she is really, like, a character that, like, knows when, like, knows when to trust her own gut and, like, not really follow the leader and, like, trust, like, when she believes something is right, which I thought was super interesting. Um, before we get into more into Civil War, um, before that... We have to go through the demon. Wait, wait, what just... The worst. I said we have to go through the demon. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, this felt like a... This definitely was a step back, I guess, to say... To sum it up. <laughs> um, a step back for, like, women and everywhere. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> I think it's justified. She, yeah, because she basically was like a damsel in distress <laughs> in some senses, like how like Ultron literally captured her, and I was like, 
sure, I guess it's not like an outdated plot point, but all right. Um, and yeah, the whole I'm a monster because I can't have children controversy was not good at all oh, on gosh. anyone's Don't part. say it's bad. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really hate Joss Whedon for this. I really, really, really hate him. Like, I know... Every, oh, especially the men in my life are always like, but but Firefly and fucking Buffy and no like, fuck Firefly. All I'm just like you guys don't understand. Like I I I get that he had his hits back then, but that doesn't <laughs> erase the fact that he still doesn't understand how to write women. Exactly. How is like, it so hard for you to write female characters, my dude? Yeah, like. It's really, it's really the women's fault because they're so darn complex. Oh, how can I make these complex female characters when these women are so complex? Well, gee, I don't know, man. So hard, almost as if I'd have to like talk to a woman or something. Yeah. Also, like, also, my about Firefly. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, Firefly, it's a pretty good series and all, but like. Where are the Asians? Right. Where are they? You are a amalgam of the... Like, Jewel, like, Kaylee is, like, super sweet, but she dresses, like, an all, like... Yeah, Kaylee's super sweet, but, like, her, like, all these characters, like, dressing in, like, these, like, Chinese-inspired clothes and, like, cursing in Chinese. And I'm like, literally, you have no right. Why? I'll just make them good at fighting and sad. <laughs> it's a good series, but like, where are the Asians? Where are they? All right, back to Ultron. So this is now the Firefly podcast. Okay, so first, I think we should talk about. So she's in love with Banner all of a sudden. Super, because like it was a it was like a weird thing because like she's kind of had a romantic relationship with like every Avenger at some point, and. Ex- Except for basically Hulk, and they're like, we want to do something new, um, in the worst way. So, like, the relationship was, like, really forced and weird, and it's like, I guess it was set up because they talked before, but they had, all of a sudden they had, like, a- <laughs> They talked once! Yeah. And now they had a like, conversation. They got a, a fuck. Yeah. But now they had, like, a spiritual connection- where she's like the key to his anger. Oh, like it felt so forced. And this movie was already like pretty filled with stuff. So putting in like a hashed and love story that didn't go anywhere really just kind of added insult to injury. And it kind of demeaned her because like she was just a woman and they're like, we got one woman, so she's got to be in love. Yeah. And, Mm. Exactly that. Exactly. <laughs> gotta be in love. Cause I was supposed to have a And then like they didn't touch it at all for like the rest of the MCU, except for one joke, which I really appreciate. Yeah. The Thor Ragnarok one or Where it's like weird. Yes. Yeah. That was so good. That was they- that was cathartic. <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't bring this up in uh the Comic Con section, but I still think they're gonna probably do something with like the siege storyline. And the the thing I speculated on in class, so you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then they also tried to do Red yeah. Room stuff in this movie. Like they also did her backstory. Yeah. Which, like which is pretty basic backstory. 
but like again like there was so much going on in this movie and it was just like yeah like ballerina assassin exactly cool like and then also you can't have children which makes me a monster just like you mm -hmm. and it's like hmm. Hmm. like i don't <laughs> think he meant it to sound that bad but i don't know because I feel okay. I just want to know how that I, how how that whole like arc made not, it not past to defend anything. Not to defend any part of this because it's all garbage. But like, I mean, it's hypothetically possible the original intent was to talk about like, oh, she's killed all these people. Like, expand upon what Loki said, but they just they didn't talk right. about that at all, and it was super awkward. And I, I mean, yeah, I think that was. That was, I think that was the original intent, but like how it is, how the line is put together, like gives it that leaning. And then you're like, oh, like that's not okay at all. Like, um, I guess we want to talk about Civil War a little bit more. Yeah, we already touched it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like. I, I had to just like rewatch the first few minutes of Civil War just to remember like what um where she first came in but i really and then in rewatching that first scene where um they've been tracking down rumlow slash crossbones at this point um and which gets us right to like the inciting incident of wanda like blowing up the cdc facility in lagos which is cool like structure wise in terms of like pacing out the story um it was really nice to see her like kicking ass as usual and like being a part of the team and having that whole dynamic feel as homogenous as I think we wanted it to be in Ultron, but it didn't feel like that because of the Whedon touch. So it was really nice. Every time I say the Whedon touch, I like, I just like cringe just a little cause it sounds a little uh, perverse. Um, <laughs> but yes. I really enjoyed Black Widow in Civil War overall. Um, another quote that I have written down here is um, she says, for the record, this is what making things worse looks like, which is when, um, when Cap decides to go out and chase Bucky on his own. And then um, Black Panther is, goes out to collect them both. And so they're brought back in to shields or whomever is the authority at the time um and so i think that's interesting because mm -hmm. we have here in our notes like the fact that she kept changing sides throughout the entire movie she started out kind of being on cap's team and then when tony comes and they have like the big discussion um she's kind of understanding where tony's coming from and needing to sign the accords you know this whole like if we have one hand on the wheel we can still steer um, really getting where that logic comes into play and just but I feel like that comes from her just not wanting to make a big fuss out out of everything which I think just goes back to her spy training you know like doing everything cleanly quickly and being done getting out and something like this like the Sokovia Accords is so much messier than she is used to things being and so having to put such like a reductive stance on it is quite difficult, but it's also very, I would say, indicative of her, of her training. It's like all she's really known. So I really loved seeing her slowly grow to understand where Cap was coming from 
and um, eventually doing one final turn and like uh, shooting those little like uh, I don't know taser laser things, stun laser Stuns. things at Black Panther yeah. to let um, Bucky and Cap get out of there and kind of tie up the movie. So I approve of another Marcus McFeely work. Marcus McFeely Russo yeah. uh, quadruple team, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like it, I mentioned earlier, it made so much sense. So like she was a character that like really kept changing sides and it showed like how it showed like her individual strengths and like a lot more of like her motivations and like values and like where she trusted things. And so, yeah, like it was super like, yeah, it was like super interesting to see. Um, and really just well done on everyone's part. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Um, anything else for Civil War? Uh, nah, nah, not really. I mean, I thought this is the one of the better, also one of the better movies for Black Widow. I really think anything after um, the, the Winter Soldier is, like, pretty good for her, but with one exception, I uh, guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with one exception. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's she's good in this movie. She doesn't have a lot of screen time, but she does well with it. I mean, you know, yeah. She, I think she's still probably better than Hawkeye in this movie. Just gonna throw that out there. So, Layla <laughs> size again. I mean, I'll take it. It's true. <laughs> she, like, maybe, maybe with the exception of, like, Endgame, she's oh, yeah, Ultron, Hawkeye definitely. in every movie. <laughs> oh, no, that's just Ultron. a tough Ultron break Ultron for her, okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, alright, let's get into the big guns, which are the Infinity War Endgame double combo, so. Yeah, oh, the beginning of the end. Yeah, because she's, like, not really substantially in Infinity War, so. That's true, yeah. So could she just blonde. Yeah, that, I <laughs> was really confused. The biggest, I guess, like, she doesn't, does she even, like, have many lines? Like, I'm thinking, yeah. so her first appearance is when um, Cap's team, so that's that consists of Cap, Black Widow, Falcon, um, coming in to save WandaVision when they're in um, Edinburgh, um, being attacked by Thanos' henchmen. And, you know, the first thing you're thinking when you see her is she's blonde? Um, and she doesn't really have much to say. Then I think they go to the compound, the Avengers compound, and then she might say, like, a line or two. And that's about it. But and then for the most part, she's like in Wakanda, fighting next to Okoye, which is cool. But she doesn't say much. To be fair, neither does Captain America in um, the in Infinity War. It's just sort of. I'm yeah. really curious yeah. to know who has the most lines in that movie. Probably Thanos, right? No, uh, no, for sure. Wait, it's Thanos, really? I thought. Yeah, or the, the most screen characters. It doesn't have. It is. Certain. It's Thanos. No, there's a, there's a breakdown somewhere on like Reddit, and I think, I think I have no because I remember I think Aaron was talking about this. Like, if you take out Thanos, it's Thor. Thor. And then it's took by a Thor smidge, and then it's oh Tony. My God. <laughs> yeah, yo, 
Yeah, Aaron, you, t- Aaron, you I told me that. Okay, listen, Wait, I don't what? Like everything that comes out of my mouth, so <laughs> just, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I, I already knew this. You know, this was totally not confusing. Okay, it turns out that shocker, yeah. Iron Man has the most lines in Infinity War, and then Thanos, and then Star Lord, and then Thor. Gamora okay. is pretty is lower down, so it goes Iron Man, Thanos, Star Lord, Thor, then Rocket. Hulk, Doctor Strange, Gamora. And then after Gamora, Spider-Man. That's exciting. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, we oh. love Peter when, uh, when Tom Holland has more lines than you. <laughs> I know, right? Baby daddy, I love him. But yeah, like the... I do like the she's not alone moment. And I think it's set like... Yeah, eventually set up like that big moment at the end. And I think like... Even though she's like like that big moment at like the end of Endgame, and even though she's not in that moment, I think like putting those two together is like a nice touch. Like to see like what she like a very physical like manifestation sort of showing of like what she established as like the she's not alone scene, and then like seeing that big shot later in Endgame. That's a very physical representation of like I think just I don't know if it's not I don't know if it's Matt's legacy, but in a sense of like all these female superheroes that like really Nat started with, like it's a very physical like manifestation of that. I don't know what are y'all thoughts about that. Um, I'm not a big fan of the she's she's with me or just the whole like women scenes. They feel a bit tokeny, especially since most of those characters have never talked to each other. But yeah. I do... <laughs> but I do mm-hmm. like the idea that's like once she died, like the women have. They're now yeah. there's more than one woman now, and like there's a yeah. legacy to her minuscule representation in this universe. Maybe maybe this maybe we've been thinking about this all wrong. Maybe this that scene was just like a giant fuck you to Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean he's the one who was like, I love investing millions of dollars in a revenge. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean a force in that? In that sort of logic of Ike Perlmutter. Yeah, yeah. If we don't know that's happening. Yeah. yeah, I was more I was more just thinking about that scene in Endgame. Yeah, it's interesting in Infinity War, like, they also don't address, like, really the Hulk, Black Widow relationship at all. Just, like, Nat, and then, like, they just go off and do their own business. Yeah. I think they just, just all know. I think everyone just knows, like, that. It was a plot yeah, they, point that just since it got it was pretty controversial, I remember when it came out, so they might have just like pretended it didn't hap- happen. Like, you know. Yeah, I've never heard someone yeah. that liked that plot point. They either were indifferent or hated it, so I don't think they lost any fans by yeah. pretending it wasn't a thing. Yeah. I guess that was a smart decision on their yeah. part. If no one else wants to talk about Infinity War without further ado, should we move on to Endgame? Oh yeah. What I mean, Black Widow doesn't do anything in Infinity War. I mean, <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> Did you just say what you say? No, the yeah, are you referencing the, the SNL, SNL. like like the oh. SNL and OC? <laughs> the yeah. Vine, isn't it a Vine? When, when people mm, die, you, you say, sing what you say. Jason Derulo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Derulo. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, Endgame happened. Um, you know, I saw it again. For, I saw it again, like a second time this week. 
after my eye appointment, in case anyone was curious. Um, it was my ticket Ooh. that single-handedly pushed uh, Endgame to Super one billion, in case nice anybody was wondering. Game. It was me. So you're welcome. I thought it was them finding 30 million in offshore accounts. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. It was my ticket. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I think it's interesting that she's the one kind of orchestrating the whole team. Yeah, um, while and Earth. That's good. they're trying to figure yeah. everything out, you know, she is. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. I did not expect that, and I think it was. I think it just it it kind of made sense, I guess, because like Happy wasn't there, but why would Happy be doing it? Fury was obviously dusted away, so like it only makes sense. But I what I just want to know is like why were you eating like a peanut butter sandwich when you live in a state of the art? facility like i i know that um grocery stores exist and that she could have made better food big peanut paid a lot for that i um, know right advertisement (laughs) i mean they're also eating those cheap ass looking tacos so yeah dude what is up with that are they really (laughs) struggling with budget i just want to know no i think it's just because all movie food tastes bad so Uh, they don't really try to make it good naturally yeah, but, like, I remember seeing, like, I think it was a video about how they were talking about, like, the five, like, which Avengers are, like, represented the five stages of grief, and I think, I'm trying to remember what Nats was, but it was, like, very, I think it was, I think they might have been, like, did not, like, it was very early on. I have that, I actually have that oh, written nice. on my Windows desktop, give me a second. I might have deleted it now, but, yeah, but... Oh, no, I'm pretty sad. sure I did delete it. I, 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 mm, correct I, me if I like, it's by the Carlin brothers. Like they can correct me if I'm wrong, I guess. But like I think it was denial because like she is the one or like wait, it's denial, it's anchor denial, bargaining loss acceptance. I'm not sure. I think it's, but like I essentially they talked a lot about how she, yeah she was the one like maintaining the adventures and like security on the earth and like talking with like everyone else involved like throughout the past five years and like. It fit, but essentially, yeah, it fit her so well that she was the one doing that, you know, like, and I really like that they really, I really like that they chose Black Widow to sort of be the one leading the charge um, of the Avengers for like this past five years and like trying to maintain like their efforts to help other people, you know? Yeah. It shows like more of the duty like we've been talking about, like in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I agree. That was really good thinking about that more like it is fitting like following like that train of logic that like yeah she is the one to sacrifice like herself on Vormir like I remember Layla's like experience like dealing with like we just didn't know what was gonna happen Layla we were talking about your experience with like not knowing who would live or die amongst like Nat or Hawkeye like on Vormir um i like while the fight was happening i kept thinking in my head like who would be like the better ending and i was like oh hawkeye saves himself for his family but i was like but no one likes hawkeye so that would be really unfulfilling and so like i gradually came to understand (laughs) that like nat dying would be like it'd be sadder like people care more about her and in the end like i'd kind of rather her like i if like one of them has to die like have it be the one that at least like has a semblance of an arc 
Meanwhile, if if Hawkeye died, it'd, it'd really be a meme. <laughs> it would have been like <laughs> when you get through Endgame and only Hawkeye dies. <laughs> yeah. It would be a meme. <laughs> it'd be a second. It'd be a second Quicksilver death. Really, <laughs> everyone would forget in like three years. But yeah, yeah, like it does fit. Like especially like if you think like yeah, because Tony and Nat like were the first two Avengers introduced, and now like they are well, like technically the first two if you're not counting Edward Norton's Hawk. Not Edward Norton's Hulk. Sorry, Edward Norton's Hulk. Edward Norton as Hawkeye would be pretty good though. You know. He'd be like bullseye. Edward Norton <laughs> oh my god! If Edward Norton came back, I would cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god! Just as a cameo, that'd be really funny. Yeah, Just like but I know you. But yeah, you like know. they are. Like, I mean, taking out Edward Norton's Hulk, like Tony and Nat are the first two Avengers we meet. So it is fitting that they are the ones who eventually die. It is a kind of rude that Nat didn't really get like a funeral scene or something. Like, especially since Tony yeah. got such a substantial one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we're supposed to assume that she got. Like, yeah, just like have a little, I don't know, yeah, photo for like... Tony Stark's thing. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, or even, like, like put it, down it two wreaths, set them weird. free. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like founding Avengers. I think <sighs> one of them's more important. And, the, like, people care about them more. But um, it felt <laughs> a little weird that, like, by the end of the movie, like, I kind of forgot she died. Like, it wasn't really treated as a big a deal um, yeah. at the end, like, in the epilogue kind of era. So that was a little weird. But she was pretty strong in the rest of the movie, so I didn't ruin it. It was just a little... Like, she was a more reserved person, so maybe she wouldn't have wanted, like, a big funeral. But, like, at least, like, a small thing, or, like, just Hawkeye doing something, like, that would have been nice. Yeah, Hawkeye putting a wreath on her grave. Like, he already named one of his kids after her. Yeah. Could have done a little more. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're you're definitely right in, like, I don't think she would want, like, a full-blown, like, out, like, church service, like, inviting, like, all the Avengers and, like, their families, like, I don't think she would want that big, blown-out, like, live stream service, but, like, I think something small would have been, like, nice, even, like, that, even, like, that scene where Wanda and Clint are talking, like, if they're standing in front of, like, Natasha's grave or, like, doing something small, for like maybe like Natasha and Vision, like but mainly Natasha, like that would have been, I would have liked that a little more. Maybe like her solo movie serves like will have like that function in some ways, but like I don't. I think this might be like the most we get in the funeral, which like serves sucks. Also, what if like Hawkeye? I mean, he already had like yeah. a full sleeve of tattoos. What if he got like a Black Widow tattoo? Yeah. Oh, um, oh! I want to see that in the series. All right, now the series Super has cute. to live with yeah, him having I mean, tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> and I think what? I think the 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 movie's happening before Endgame, right? Yeah, it's set. the The movie is set. It's like just after. I which movie? I it what might have been Civil was. War. Civil War. Um, yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, I will. The upcoming solo movie, I guess it's a segue, I think the upcoming solo movie is 
in transition, like is set before, is set like around Civil War time, which I think would be interesting because like if it's after Civil War, then like mm-hmm. they're mo- most of them are in lockdown, right? Or like she, I guess, might have gotten some pardon because she was with Tony for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like what mm-hmm. I don't know, based on like what we talked about with her and like what we've learned like from yesterday, what do you hope to see in her movie? I just hope to see Florence Pugh kicking ass, dude. Like, I still have yet to see Midsummer, oh um, and she's, like, the lead female in that, but she's I so good. just want to see her fuck shit up, dude. Like, oh. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much I care about her character development, to be honest. Like, I'm trying to think about what I really need to know about Black Widow, and I think if you just give me her parents' story, I guess, if there's, like, a whole how she died kind of thing, how they died or whatever, um, how she ended up in the facility, training facility, whatever the heck, and maybe, like, one, give me one um, mission that really shaped her character, that's kind of all I need to know. I think everything else is pretty um, self-explanatory or whatever, you know. I'm, I'm not really that moved about anything that, you know, yeah, would not like, appear. Yeah, like, I don't want it to, like, I want to, I like, guess, shake rock the boat too much. Like, don't give me like any thing that would, I guess, deter from like this path. That like, not gonna lie, like, feels pretty solid. Um, in terms of, like how we've been talking about it, um, and like her character growth. Like, just add like a like if you want to add a little bit more, but don't like make like a completely mm-hmm. different like side path or something. I feel like her movie should kind of be the replacement for her lack of funeral like it should really be a send-off of the character and so i like i want like my good action and Florence Pugh is amazing but i kind of i want to be like the definitive like character study of nat that we never fully got Mm -hmm. now let's talk about i guess the the woman herself scarlett johansson Oh, oh my god <laughs> honestly i am so frustrated by her and with her it's annoying like in the beginning um it was like oh my god scarjo that's so awesome because i haven't seen her in a really long time like you know she's kind of like our 90s um late 90s early thousands icon you know really great basically almost akin to claire danes but i would choose claire danes over her now um, but any single chance, any single time Scarlett is given the chance to speak, she just drops the ball. And I don't get it. Like, if you don't understand your place of privilege, all you have to say is, you know, I'm learning a lot every day about the ways in which I can have um, a better impact on, you know, my fellow acting community. And I would really love to give um, opportunities to other people. And you could also, like, I don't know, apologize for having done Ghosts in the Shell. You could also, like, I don't know, do research, read a book every once in a while. It's so frustrating to me because she also, like, sits next to Chris Evans, who is always, at least from how he talks about certain issues, like, is always doing his research and is always trying to remain aware of things that are going on. And 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 then she's just there next to him being a complete idiot. And I don't get it because... This is kind of the arg- this is kind of the issue that like a lot of women of color have with white women, especially white feminists, because it's like 
How are you not able to see that you are in a position of power, especially here when you have completely erased and whitewashed an entire race of people from a role that you did years ago and people are just willing to sweep it under the rug because, oh, it's too much effort for them to recast you. How does that not, like, how does that not rub you the wrong way? If it were anyone else, if it were a person of color, they would have been dropped. It would have been like, mm, sorry, well, that doesn't reflect well on Disney and we got to let you go. But it's like she can continue to do whatever she wants and say whatever she wants because she's Scarlett Johansson and so many white dudes have a heart on for her and have since the thousands. And it's never going to change. I remember seeing like this tweet like, oh, yeah, like Kevin Feige, like, like saw those comments and like immediately was like, dude, like go apologize. And, like that's exactly what she had to do because that's extremely bad press for her. Like they were misconstrued. Yeah. Right. But she didn't apologize. She was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, and it was like, bro, yeah, come on. You're going to give the misconstrued argument, my dude, when all you have to do is say, like, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for, you know, having erased all of the Asian women and whomever else I may have offended, it wasn't my intention. Like you could have literally ripped a line from people who have done it before That's you. And instead you come out with this. <laughs> and then also what kills me, I know this is a complete aside, but like, are she and Colin Joe still together? Yeah. Wh- why are they? So- why? And I just don't understand because it's fine. I, I think I just hold too much I have like too high expectations for comedians because I I think that they are kind of like a very special breed of people they are able to take a look at the world and poke fun at it in the most aware of ways and then like here comes Colin Joe stating the most unaware person I've ever known in the spotlight oh yeah they're engaged oh my heck still they got engaged in May yeah yeah, like, I, like, I remember, like, it's, I remember because, like, I was talking to someone, like, who worked at CAA, it was like, oh, like, so, like, CAA, like, man, they managed Scarlett Johansson, right? And I was, like, telling them, like, oh, like, oh, so you managed, like, Scarlett Johansson's career, right? And they're like, yeah, and so, like, well, can you explain Ghost in the Shell to me? And they're like, yeah, like, we know, like, yeah, you, you better know. Like, it's so, it is, like, mind-boggling how, like, this just slips by, but I also think think like I also hope like more people are people are becoming smarter enough to like separate like yes this character is great and like sure like yes she's had this legacy but also like this is the most this she's very unaware and mm-hmm. I don't like obviously after this movie, movie we're not gonna probably we're probably not gonna see her again so maybe we're spared that um I hope so. If they do a second one, I'll be kind of. Mad. I no I don't lie. think they should do a second one. Like I think it will. Like and I don't think I don't think. I don't think there's really an opportunity to do a second one. I exactly. Mean. I hope not. Yeah, because I think like I also heard like they're using like Yelena, like they're introducing like Yelena Belova, who is like. I don't. I don't remember. It's it's essentially it's Dark Black Widow tying into like Dark Avengers, but I don't remember yeah. what her name is called like officially. Um, 
but yeah, like I agree. Like unless it makes like a billion dollars, like this far from home is going to make, which is blowing my um, mind. Heck. They're not gonna make another movie. So yeah. Layla, do you have anything else to say on the woman, the myth, the disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> oof. Big oof. Uh... I mean, I just found out she had a music career, which is bonkers, but anyway. <laughs> you mean, like, um, when she was super young, right? 2008 and 9. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, she, she and a- Jeremy Renner should definitely have a song <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm crying. One of her That'd albums so was named funny. the 23rd best album of 2008, so. <laughs> okay. Um, she's just... She's just a weird person. Um... I don't, I don't think, I don't know. She just needs to stop talking. She's too confident when she says wrong things. Um, That can become very annoying. Um, She just has a lot of rich person energy, which I feel like is another reason why people, why, I don't know. She's a lot of rich person energy, big rich person energy. I want to know, Layla, I'm writing all these quotes (laughs) down. (laughs) um yeah she comes from like a i don't think like a super wealthy family but she she has the energy of someone who is rich which yeah i mean it how could you say something like i think i should be able to play any tree (laughs) it's like are you coming for 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 vin now for vin diesel for playing groot do you want to play groot (laughs) excuse you yeah, dude, let me know, dog. Because Vin Diesel apparently isn't very nice to work with, so. Yeah, he and Dwayne yeah. The Rock on the fight, right? Listen, yep. anyone who gets in the filmed. fight with The No, it was Tyrese. Tyrese. <laughs> well, I, heard, I heard also that Tyrese had a problem with The Rock, which well, I have a problem with Tyrese sometimes. Well, yeah, The Rock. But, um, the rock yeah, and... anyone who has a problem with The Rock, like, what the heck? He's so nice. Uh, the Rock and Vin, like, um, they're actually never in the same shot in the Fast and Furious movies. They shoot them at separate times, even when they're in the same scene. Um, so stupid. Uh, Honestly, get over your child problems, okay? Also, did you talk Is to- it that serious? I, and then, like, all Scarlett Johansson's thing where she still, like, loves Woody Allen is, yikes. Yikes! Girl, and people also like think she's a hypocrite because she spoke out about how like James Franco sucks, but she's like fine with Woody Allen. Wow, incredibly disappointing. Uh, so, um, I think just to wrap up, like, can we answer like I guess these three questions? Like, what is Nat's legacy? Does she get a proper send off, and does she deserve it? I feel like we've, I feel like we've answered those. It's like some degree yeah but i think that those questions could definitely get better more robust answers from uh the upcoming solo movie i think her legacy is rooted in um her leadership i think she is a strong leader and is very good at stepping back and assessing a situation um and and also doing her job like those are things that she's very very good at I think that she did not get a proper send-off at all, like her getting thrown off the cliff cliff at Vormir and then um, Clint waking up 
in the water and shedding a couple tears is like not even close to a proper send off. Um, but she definitely does deserve it because she's held down the Avengers for for so many um, for so many movies, and she does at least deserve like a thank you for that. Yeah, like I think no matter how problematic Scarlett Johansson sometimes is, I think like what she was a part of should give should deserve like some recognition in some way all right um does anyone have any closing thoughts go see the farewell and or midsummer and support independent films as well as your local theater because disney is a monopoly and is making so much money has made so much money and will continue to make so much money from now until we all die. So far from home, always a billion dollars. Wait, Sabrina, didn't you just say that you haven't seen Midsommar? Yeah, but I can still promote <laughs> independent films. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I still. I just am too scared to see Midsommar. I don't like scary movies. It's not that scary. It's less scary than Hereditary. Uh, okay, but Hereditary was, like, super scary, and I haven't seen that even. I could barely watch the trailer in the daylight, okay? You'll be okay. But yes, I'll probably force myself to see Midsummer tomorrow, probably. But okay. go see The Farewell, even uh, even though Aquafina's in it, and she, you know, used a black scent to get famous, and then as soon as she got famous, she dropped it. It's fine. It's fine. We're not talking about that. <laughs> that, was, that was a hot thing to throw in Just at the end. a little sprinkle there yeah. for you. yeah. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll go around and like give our social media plugs. Um, I guess we'll start with Sabrina. Hey there, folks. If you want to find me, Sabrina C, on the internet, you can find me on Instagram at sabrina.m4v. That's S-A-B-R-I-N-A dot M4V, just like the video file. And on Twitter, you can find me at Sabs Clark. That's at S-A-B-S-C-L-A-R-K-E. Layla, where can people find you? People can find me at Galaxy Layla on Twitter. I tweet sometimes. I retweet more times. Um, yeah, that's it. Aaron, where can people find you? Um, nowhere. And I would, <laughs> I would usually say, hey, friend me on Facebook, but at the moment I've been clearing out my friends list and I don't want to accidentally remove you, so. Oh, yes, yeah, so, clearing so, out friends list. You no, know, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm still thinking about maybe one day in the distant future getting a Twitter, so um, we'll we'll see about that. Don't 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 get your hopes up. You know, it's sort of like a Thor five right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, find me Izzy at Twitter on Delirlin. Um, you can follow AP Marvel um, on also social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Medium. Follow our Medium page. We post um, written content. Um, every, we post written content um, whenever you can. Um, subscribe to um, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to listen to us more. Um, leave constructive reviews. It helps us a lot to guide our content and like what we can do better. Um, you can follow our Patreon and throw us some money if you've like if you like what you hear and you want to hear us do more like, exclusive things, um, just really hear more of like what we all have to say about the various facets of the film industry. You can also join us on Discord um, just to follow in with like what we're all thinking. Like we're now like sort of 
on a high from like all this SECC news. So like, just come on in to Discord to hear stuff like that. Um, thanks to Charles Villanueva for the graphics, Steve Molitor for the music, and thank you to all our patrons. Um, and with that, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.